Welcome to the 100th episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I cannot believe I have done 100 of these. So, well, maybe maybe a few more than that, because there's some episodes that haven't quite made it to air. Uh, quite. Why did I say quite? They haven't made it to air at all. For one reason or another, audio difficulties, lost files... Uh, which reminds me I need to contact someone about their interview getting scrubbed in a computer swap. But anyway, 100 episodes. I feel like that's a pretty darn big accomplishment. I'm proud of it. This is year three of the show, and you got to think three years of doing anything. I mean, I've got a lot of jobs in my past that I didn't last three years at. I've got a lot of jobs I didn't last one year at, so... Doing this for three years, I'm pretty proud of that. I, I'm, I feel like that's an accomplishment, and I'm very proud of today's episode. It's, it's as I said, the 100th episode. I wanted to do something special for it, and to me, something special was talking to somebody that is honestly one of my personal heroes, somebody that has become a, a friend and a co-partner in crime, I suppose, and somebody that I was quite surprised to end up working with in the way that I have, and that someone is Dana Swanson of Les Sexoflex of Summoner 4. Google that, and I'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. And who is, to me, a superstar. She is the voice of Sarah 3.0 on Toonami on Adult Swim, and uh, she is also my co-host of the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. And the fact that that happened still blows my mind, and we talk about that in the interview. But I wanted to have somebody to have a great conversation with on this episode that I knew would be entertaining, that I knew would be interesting. I wanted it to be a landmark episode. And she was on the third episode way back <laughs> three years ago, which I understand is not technically way back, but it really is way back. Uh, she was on with Peep Peep, and I had a Les Sexoflex interview. But then she was in character as Miss Lady Flex. Today, we're just talking to Dana Swanson, which is, in in my opinion, an even more entertaining talk. And then she was on later. She was on the Doctor Who Hooniversary episode, where we just kind of talked about Doctor Who a little bit. But this is a fun conversational interview. With Dana, I had a great time, and you guys are definitely going to enjoy it. All right, before we get to the bulk of the show, I got to plug something. You guys, if you've been listening to the show, you know every once in a while I talk about money and how much it takes to run the site, to run the game show, to run this podcast. Well, it is time to shut me up. It is time to make me stop talking about money because I have launched a Phantom Troublemaker Patreon. That's right. If you go to patreon.com slash phantom troublemaker, you can look and see how you can help out the Needless Things podcast and everything else that I do. You're really, you're really supporting me more than any one specific thing that I do. The goals are anywhere from $1 a month to $30 a month. The rewards range from a Needless Things podcast sticker 
to exclusive art to the return of the Needless Things Mystery Box, which some of you may have ordered one a couple of years ago when I was doing that before everybody else was. <clears throat> Dinosaur Dracula. <clears throat> uh, I will load once a month. If, if you pledge 30 bucks or more to the Phantom Troublemaker Patreon, I will send you a Needless Things Mystery Box every single month loaded with goodies from around the Phantom Zone. This will range from toys to full runs of comic books to uh, all kinds of different tchotchkes I've picked up over the years of being a semi-professional dork. I've got piles of stuff just waiting for you. New, uh, gently used, collectible stuff, whatever. It's going to be good. I guarantee you'll get your money's worth. And in addition to that, you know that you are going to be helping me make everything here on Needless Things better. Some of the other goals, or I'm sorry, some of the other rewards, the only goal I've got right now is I want to make enough money to do a run of t-shirts. Now, whether that would be for Phantom Troublemaker, for Needless Things Podcast, or for the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show, that would be up to the patrons. So if you are part of this effort, you're going to get a word in what I do. I'm going to check with the folks on Patreon before I do things. Now, this is not going to make me change anything I do, but I will come up with options and say, hey, would you guys rather see this or would you rather see that? And if you're supporting me, if you're sending me the moolah, then you're going to get a word in it. Other stuff I'm offering, every month I'm going to have a contest. Uh, if you're pledging five bucks or more, to win a piece of original art from me. If you've been following me any time at all, you know that I draw. And I'm not bad. I'm not great. I'm not bad. Uh, but I do some entertaining, interesting stuff. And I will be giving away pieces of art every single month uh, to one of the supporters. You will also get access to my patron-only feed on Patreon. This will include reviews, commentary, and pictures that I will not post on other social media, as well as special vintage Troublemaker posts that will not appear on Needless Things. This is going to be stuff from back in the MySpace days. It's going to be stuff that I go back in, I clean up, I revisit. I might even put a post up and say, hey, I changed my mind on this. Here's how I feel about this thing now. And it's stuff that's not going to be available on NeedlessThingsSite.com. Uh, Instagram is going to hell. Facebook bought Instagram and now are looking to make it crappy like Facebook is, where you don't have a chronological timeline. So Instagram, I'll tell you right now, I am not going to be using as much once they do this because it doesn't serve the artist's interests. They're looking to make money. And look, I don't blame them for looking to make money because obviously that's what I'm trying to do here. But it's turning into yet another crappy byproduct of the monetization of social media, and it's not going to work. So I will essentially be switching my Instagram feed over to Patreon, and that's the only place you're going to be able to see the bulk of the the pictures that I take and put up. Uh, other stuff, other levels, we've got Pals of Old Phantom, where you will have access to special monthly behind-the-scenes shows where I will discuss life, the universe, and everything. Uh, basically, I'll just talk kind of like I'm doing now, but it's not going to be stuff that's available as part of the podcast, I'm going to keep the podcast, the entertainment aspect, the personal aspect is going to be all this behind the scenes stuff that I'm going to be doing on Patreon. And they're, they're, go check out the rewards. 
patreon.com slash phantom troublemaker uh if you want to you know if you can afford a dollar give me a dollar i'll love you for it uh if you can be crazy and join phantom society of the elite 30 bucks a month like i said you get all the benefits of everything else but you also get that needless things mystery box each and every month and the shipping is included in that i will cover the shipping as part of that so you're going to get a box of goodies and and you're going to know that you're helping me to produce the show, to produce the website, to travel around to cons, to do all the stuff that I want to do that, quite frankly, I've hit a wall with my own personal budget. Uh, there's only so far that I can go, and I need you guys to help me go further. So there you go. There's my Patreon pitch. Check it out. Today is the official launch day, but of course you can go there anytime. That is patreon.com slash phantom troublemaker. Go check it out. Help me out. And you know what? If you don't want to spend any money on me, I understand that. I'm a cheap bastard myself, but spread the word. Tell your friends. Maybe, uh, maybe you got a rich buddy who's looking to toss some money into the entertainment industry. I'm your guy. So there's that. And now, Let's talk a little bit about Dana. Dana Swanson is uh, definitely a hero of mine. She is one of the bravest, smartest, funniest people I've ever met. Uh, she is the first time that I met her. I met her in Peep Peep in Mary's in East Atlanta at a La Sexaflex show, and they were both just the sweetest people in the world incredibly kind to me incredibly friendly to me they they were aware of who i was but it was the first time we really met and I'm, every conversation i've ever had with dana has been funny and inspiring those are two things that i think uh, she probably brings to the table with every interaction she has the people at adult swim are very lucky that they've got her on the payroll so today's conversation you guys are going to get a kick out of this thing because we talk about everything from video games to working at adult swim to motivation to, to all kinds of stuff comes up. It's very much just sort of a flow from one topic to the next. There are a few things that we didn't cover. I do want to mention because it comes up at the end of the interview uh, a few years ago, Dana had a brain tumor. We don't get into it because I didn't feel like it's not that it isn't important, but if you Google unfortunate brain news, you will see that she chronicled the story of this brain tumor online on YouTube, on Tumblr. You can follow step by step the horror that she and her husband went through for and, and, and to an extent are still going through because when you, you experience something like that, it never goes away. You're going to be dealing with the ramifications of that forever to one extent or another. Uh, and, and that being the case, I didn't feel like it was something that needed to be belabored. You know, we kind of went where we went. If it came up, it came up. If it didn't, it didn't. And it didn't. So it's a thing that happened. You can check it out if you want to. Like I said, look for unfortunate brain news, but... We had, you know, we, the conversation went a different way. Another thing that we didn't discuss that I have to bring up is Dana's musical project, Summoner 4. I don't know if you guys have seen Kung Fury. If you haven't, go to Netflix right now 
and watch Kung Fury or go to Amazon. I think they released it on, I don't know, it's Blu-ray, DVD, VHS, Betamax. I don't know. There's no telling. But it's one of the most badass things I've ever seen in my life. There's a song called True Survivor that anybody that has seen Kung Fury is familiar with. Dana did an electronic cover of that song. Now, you guys know that I have been getting into learning about following electronic music lately from my interview with VHS Glitch to putting over the Carpenter album. There's there's something about that retro synth style that I really dig. And this cover of True Survivor featuring Dana's incredible voice and some awesome backing music is just badass. So you guys can go to SoundCloud, you can go to YouTube, you can go to iTunes, you can download it everywhere. Look up Summoner 4, that's IV, the Roman numerals, True Survivor, and you can get this thing for free. And it's just awesome. But guess what? I'm going to play it for you right now, and then we're going to head into the interview. Check this out. Discussing the marketing mm-hmm. of the Marvel movie, or the Captain America specifically, like around the world. Oh yeah, what's different? Uh, the, well, the, apparently nothing. Marvel, as opposed to GI Joe, who dropped Real American Hero oh. uh, for worldwide release, uh, Captain America is Captain America. And I, I was saying, like in China, yeah. I'm surprised he's not like Captain Action, which is taken, but or something with an A because he's got the big yeah. A on his forehead, so that can't be just like Captain well, Soldier. Isn't isn't Marvel that's also really protective about their properties? And wouldn't that then be like, well, this is one of our properties. He's Captain America. Like, yeah, and I, that, I'm sure that played into it as well. And also, just thing. he's been around so long. Yeah, like he's been around a lot longer than GI Joe. So I think it's not like you're going into China and they're like, we hate Captain America. I'm sure mm-hmm. they're like, we because. Mm-hmm. In other countries, regardless of how people feel about Americans, American pop culture tends to be pretty okay. Like, they're kind of down with it for the most part. So I think Captain America probably sort of transcends any kind of weird... I mean, especially they called him, like, 
um, hot dog man. Like, I wish they, like, thought of, like, a fun <laughs> name for him. Like, he was, like, Captain Action. Like, oh, no, no, like, hot dog man. Like, baseball fever guy. Like, something. World War II pride person who joined very late in the game. Like, Iceman. Ice well, Iceman's taken, yeah. I guess. Fro- frozen Frozen Man. Frozen Man. Frozen Revival Man. Encino Man. Encino Man. He has, Brendan he, the, Fraser is Captain America. He, Captain America totally has an Encino Man. Like, it's a prequel to Encino Man. How has nobody matched that up? I don't know, but, like, he wakes up. I guess if you cut it from when he gets frozen... And then, and then he wakes up, and he's in Polly Shore's house. The government misplaced him, because yeah. they're the government. They misplaced him, and he's an Encino man. And he, all of a sudden, he talks like a caveman, because he's just like, Oh, it's the future! He's I been, can't communicate! He's been frozen for 40 yeah, years. His brain's a little... Yeah, it's the same as being frozen hazy. for a couple thousand right? years. Ten, a couple ten thousands. <laughs> it's the same effects. You're ten frozen. You don't know. Have you played um, Far Cry Primal? Like, do you like the Far Cry No, I want to. Okay. I've, I played... Okay, the first one was Xbox, right? Well, it was probably PC. I think but, it was PC, yeah. But, like, I, I've never done... Well, I haven't done any PC games since, like, King's Quest. Okay. Which is probably before Yeah, you can, you can play whatever you... I think I... Because I, I think I... The last PC proper, like, when I had a PC PC game, I did... God, what was it? I mean, Snood doesn't count. But it was, like... <laughs> I it think it does. probably... Because I it, it, like like got my computer right around the Sims like that like my per my own because we had like a family computer and that was like Doom and Quake and all that was on there yeah. and then I had a I had a version of the Sims on there and yeah I think like my computer just sucked too much to do any like I tried to play black and white on it and I just totally killed the computer like was it didn't do anything the, was that the one with the gods yeah it was the different gods and I like and if you let people poop in your village. Then it would cause everything else to be disgusting. Like, yeah. you'd be like, yeah, oh, well, if you didn't give your pl- your people or like tell your people to go poop somewhere, then your village turns evil because there's too much poop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that <laughs> came out. I was working at Electronics Boutique, mm-hmm. which I can't remember who made this joke, but they said it's a terrible name for a store because it sounds like they sell vibrator batteries. But um, mm-hmm. I worked there, and that game was huge when it came out. Yeah. And um, no one talks about it. Like, I'm, no, it's gone. Well, that's but that seems like PC gaming more so than console gaming. Yeah, they kind of show up and hit big and then just fade away, or at least they did. Is. I don't even know yeah. if PC gaming is because uh, consoles now. And, and I wonder if that's like just the achievement of like oh, I didn't go back and finish this thing. I get an achievement if I go back and finish it. So I'm like, go back and finish yeah, that's true too. Like I'm ready to go back and revisit it. No, because I, I definitely like I have a three an Xbox 360 that I hang on to because there's stuff that I'm like, ah, oh, but I just. There's this world I want to go back to. It's not even the achievements for me. It's like, right. I like this world, like, and yeah. I want to experience this world. But then you've got the shiny new stuff, and you never do. True. Very true. But also, like, I mean, I, I reference Skyrim a lot. I think that, like, I've just never played another game where I love the world so much that I just want to live in it. And I think a lot of people experience the same thing when that game came out. After the first probably week of playing Skyrim. Yeah. Did you find yourself out walking around wanting to... Oh, oh, that was like the first day. It was like, I just want to... I want to just pick flowers. I want to gather my resources. I want to go home. I don't want to deal with any bullshit quests today. Today's a me day. I'm having a me day. And like, I, I would do something like that. And then I also like, I get upset that you didn't have a party. 
Like, because it's all first person. And, like, you could have, like, a companion. But, but I, your stupid companion is going to get killed. They're going to get killed. And you're like, not going to realize everybody it. Was leaving, everybody was leaving stories of how their Lydia died. I remember reading, like, tales of how Lydia died. Like, and, like it was just so amazing because I remember when my Lydia died I was like what just happened oh my god they can die like why 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 is this person dead and there were other people that had the same thing like this is how I lost my Lydia I was at this camp and and raiders came and took her and it was just really upsetting and found an arrow in her I didn't know what to do I took all my stuff because they're basically also a storage unit like if they die and you can't find them you lose your shit like I had a um, I had a companion named uh, it was Vilcus like one of the werewolf people and like he, you know, I just I, I assume that my character was asexual, leaning towards um, leaning towards gay. It was a female, and I was like, I was, was like, oh, Vilkas is my buddy, okay. And then like he disappeared, and I remember being like, he's gone. Where'd he go? And I would always go back to the werewolf hall, and he would never be there because I found out he would go out on hunts. And I'm like, motherfucker's my storage unit. Like, I I sent him home. You can't be risking yourself. Yeah, I sent him home to have all my, like, what, gold ingot and all that. Like, all on that asshole. And I could never find him. And I realized, like, I, like every time I looked for him, he wasn't there. And I started to, like, grow more and more feelings for him as a oh, character. No. Oh, I was no. Like, she's very sexually confused because she wants to marry Ayla the Huntress. But here she is. Looking for Vilkas day in and day out. Werewolf man. Oh boy, yeah. it sounds like a CW show. Werewolf man. He was the brother of another werewolf man, Farkas. Farkas and Vilkas. Vilkas was the hunter, always out on the go, never there. Maybe that's what she loved about him, was like, he's always he's, out on the go. He's hard to get. He's hard to get. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's evasive. I understand that. And Farkas was more of a homebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little, and also a little more like... Farkas was more sturdy, I'd say too. Like Vilkas was a little more alive, even though he was he was beef beefy. It was like a little, a little more alive because he's got to go chase after uh, deer or whatever it is. Sure, yeah. If you're out running around, you're, you're yeah. naturally gonna gonna burn that off. Yeah. I I lost. I guess it was is the first one you get is the the what's her name? Oh, Lydia. Lid, is she the yeah. first one? Yeah, in White Run. Well, if, uh, yeah, if you get a White Run, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got her. Did some stuff and went back home and realized she was not with me. <gasps> and I have no idea what happened. Oh my god! Uh, she was just apparently got killed. <gasps> can you? You can go and scroll back through. This happened. Like you opened this door. Lydia um, got killed. Can't you scroll back through your history of? God, I wonder. You I don't, up like, this like a Photoshop stick. history of stuff you did. I feel like there was. I feel like somehow I found out or figured out that she had been killed during, like, she, uh, an arrow hit her in the face or something. I don't remember what it was, but it was like, oh, that I didn't know that could happen. And from that point on, I got directionless as I do with open world games. I can't play open world games because I'll just wander around. Like I would. Uh, I'd go to the giant village mm-hmm. and just see how far they'd punch me up in the air and stuff. Like, I had no... I couldn't stay focused. It was terrible. <laughs> I couldn't play that game. That was but, part of the fun. It's just like, well, I just want to do whatever I want to do now. And you don't have to... You can get as many hours out of it as you want. Well, that's too. the thing is you get two, more than you want. Yeah. Or I would get more than I would want. 
So what is Far, Far Cry Primal? Oh, Far Cry What's happening with this? Okay, so the game starts, and it's like modern day, and then the clock ticks backward, like, do 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 and all of a sudden it goes 10,000 B.C. Oh, wow. So it's 10,000 before Common Era. And uh, and you're playing as a a person who loses their tribe on a mammoth hunt, um, and you have to try to like grow a village. Like you find this new tribe, and you're trying to grow a village and take out these other tribes. And it's it is it is very much Encino Man the game, <laughs> but in the past. So that's what I was thinking about. I was like, ah, oh, it's Encino Man. Like this is like. This is the prequel to Encino Man, like this, or, or you know, Captain America. But really, it could be a prequel to Encino Man. So what's yeah. what is in? It's all animals and oh, it's all it's all people. Oh, it is people. It's people, but you play a person who is a beastmaster. Fuck yes, I love oh my summoners. Gosh. I love beastmasters. I love. Whenever I would do D and D, I'd always like I'd love playing characters that could get animal friendship. Right. Like, and I, I think oh my I, gosh, I, I, I remember was, that. Yeah, when I was doing Pathfinder, I would do not only speak to animals, but animal friendship. Like, I had multiple, like, I just like, yeah. I want to hang with the animals. I want to do all the animal you shit. You wanted to be Mark Singer. Yeah, I just, oh, I want to do it. Well, who doesn't? Who doesn't? So I just, I really, I wanted to master beasts. But um, in, in Far Cry Primal... You play Beastmaster, you have, like, a, this owl, like, a go-look-at-shit. If you, um, there's different animals you encounter in the wild, and you can just throw a bait at them, and if they take it, you go up to them, and you can hit this button that says tame, and then you hear, hear your character go, yes, yes, tato, tato, and, like, and then all of a sudden, this, then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, cool, where White Wolf wants to be in your party, and you're like, yes, yes. So you got, like, a party of animals? Or you, you, you animals you can one summon. animal companion at a time, and you can summon them. Like the 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 uh, owl is perpetual. Like you can always summon the owl. They're sort of a separate feature, but then you get like animal companion. Like once you tame them, they're always sort of in your directory. But if they die, you have to like bring them back with like some red leaves or whatever. Okay. You get a okay. Like, be like, oh, sorry, I, I got you. you. I'm gonna, I gotta charm you back to life. It's okay because we're in. <laughs> BC, where there were magical herbs to yeah. revive you. So many herbs, like in different ones growing at night. Like it was, I, I, I realized, like, not only was it like a lot of herbs, but also you have people gather your resources for you during the day. Like, oh, I found these herbs. They're, they're, that's how plentiful they are. That's, they're so, so plentiful. Are you having to, like, mix stuff up and. Is it, is it Skyrim? Because that was one thing about Skyrim that oh, I was like, this is too much. Yeah, there's not that much alchemy in that. Like, there's a, you can do recipes, but I kind of forget about them. Like, it's normally like you can get by without. Yeah, bothering can, with them. You can get by without. There's like one that covers up your stank, so animals don't hunt you. And there's like, because like actually, I will say the animals are more of a threat in this one than they normally are. Like yeah. in Far Cry Four, I would say the badgers were like a weird, surprising <laughs> threat. Like there were badgers that would just be like. Ah! And there was, like, a badger at your feet, like, nipping at you. And you just would never expect it. Like, the badgers were the best feature of Far Cry 4. And also, like, they're just more, like, attacked from above with eagles and, I don't know, <laughs> yeti falcons, whatever was in, in that one. But um, Where did this franchise take a turn? Because didn't it, it started off as, like... A dude on an island yeah. that had been, what, had been kidnapped or something? I don't yeah. know what the story was. I, I don't know the stories. I, I only picked up at three because I didn't play okay. two, but it's normally like 
you're a person abandoned and dropped in into a setting you're unfamiliar with is normally the... But you have animal skills. You normally, you either... Um, I'd say that there's a little... Like, it started to lean a little more animal friendship in Far Cry 4. Far Cry Primal is extreme animal friendship, which I <laughs> love. Normally, you're just hunting. Like, you can hunt, or it, they added the feature in Far Cry 4 where you can toss bait into a village. And, like, if you're scouting out, like, a like an outpost... It's my favorite thing to do. Oh, I, I love doing this. You can just throw meat into a village and then, like, a puma or, or panther or I, I'm trying to remember even what animals are in, like Siberian tiger, would just come out of nowhere, would just materialize, be like, did I hear meat? And it would just attack everybody in the village because you threw a piece of meat in there. <laughs> and so it would do stuff like, I would. they had this helicopter you could get, like this little weird, like, chair with a propeller on it and so I'd get in the chair with the propeller like it's like sad makeshift helicopter. Is it like the little James Bond gyrocopter Sort of thing? like that. Sort of like that. Yeah. But like if it was the lawn chair. Oh so God, it was like really... a, like you get on this like lawn chair with a helicopter and then like I would get on that and then just drop meat into the village because they wouldn't see me and so I would just be like like all the way above a village of like an outpost you're trying to take over and then drop meat and then it would be like Oh, you totally just killed everybody. I like you... I like that your helicopter mm-hmm. makes the same noise as your badgers. Mm-hmm. That's nice. <laughs> I I think they should have uh, you just redo the sound effects <laughs> for that game. <laughs> That's another one I like. It sounds like a. It could be a car, or it could be an animal, or an, <laughs> or an old guy <laughs> getting out of a chair. <laughs> yeah. So what? Uh, so Far Cry. Primal is okay. the game now. Yes. What, uh, you know, video games are a huge thing. Because we're, we're sort of video, starting, I guess. Video games are a huge, huge thing. thing. Well, no, no, no. Specifically for you, though. Because um, you do a thing with your job. I do, I do. Like, I, um, I, I used to play games a lot growing up, and then... What was your first system? My first system was the NES, um, and... That was definitely, like, a, it was, like, a Christmas present. Like, you don't even realize, like, what you're getting or that, like, because it was sort of, game systems weren't in every household. No, they at weren't. At that point. No, and no. So, it was just, like, Christmas of 85 or 86. And we were getting an NES and being like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Like, what is this? And So, you didn't have, when you got it. Mm-hmm. They didn't have an Atari. You didn't have the lust for the NES. No, I was, I was, I was pretty young. Like, it's five. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it was just sort of, I don't remember necessarily, I mean, my brother was more aware of it because he's two years older. Um, and I remember it coming out and being like, oh, Mario, okay. And like, I just really took to it and just had a lot of fun with it and really enjoyed it. And that was like what we had right. at my mom's house was we had an NES. And um, it was just a neat a neat thing. And what, what was what was the game you loved though? Like there had, I think everybody had like one game that was. Gosh. I mean, Mario Three was like the first time I played something to where I was like, "This is I want to live here." Like Zelda was yeah. cool, but I never really felt like I want I, I could live here. And there was something about Mario Three that made me go, "I want to live here." Well, he's he's dressing up like raccoons he's, and frogs. He's a tanuki. Yeah. He's a frog. Well, they do. They have different names than mm-hmm. raccoon and frog, don't they? Yeah, well, Tanuki is like a giant bald, weird like like when I say bald, like B A L L E D. The large testicled um, <laughs> raccoon-like character. 
headset. Yeah, right? like normally, like they're, they're, I'd be like tiki cups with tanukis that have giant balls. Like I don't know why they, there's a fascination with tanukis and giant balls, but yeah, there's a giant ball. I have a giant ball tanuki cup somewhere. But I assume that that's like a common thing beyond my tiki cup that I have. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna have to look into this. I think further. that yeah, that requires research. So that's what Mario is wearing is this tanuki suit. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess like the balls are hidden. Um, but that was I think the first like, and that took a while until because like, I would, I played like Dragon Quest or um, that was a Dragon Quest. My God, it was the one that it was like one of the first NES Dragon games. I sound like such a dum dum. I can't even remember what the name of the game was. It was like, it was a really grindy game, and you'd have to like you fought a lot of slimes and you'd go through this marsh that killed you. See, I could never deal with that. Might be Dragon Quest because I think the I think I tried those and they just didn't have enough. Like I could do Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Zelda. I mean, that's anybody can play that regardless yeah. of how you feel about RPGs because it's kind of not. Uh, I could, yeah, I couldn't do Dragon Quest. I couldn't deal with that. God, now I have to look this up. Dragon. Dragon Quest. I don't... It's not Dragon Quest because it wasn't a Square Enix game. Dragon... Well, nothing, nothing back then was, was Square Enix. Dragon Hunter? I don't think so. Oh, my was fuck. It? What was this game? I'm so embarrassed. I don't remember That's a long time ago. Game. It was like it was a really popular one. If you, if anybody is listening to this and knows what it is, call right now. I looked up Dragon NES and it was like Dragon Nest, and I'm like, no, <laughs> Dragon <laughs> Nintendo, Stupid. 1986. Dragon Nintendo, 1986. This is search. It's saying Dragon Quest. Yeah, it has to be because there was no other. There was the only other Dragon. Dragon Warrior. Dragon. Oh. Warrior! That became Dragon Quest, right? Yeah, it's Dragon right? Warrior. Okay. Yeah. okay. A slime draws near command. Yeah. I, I, that one Dragon Warrior. took me forever to beat. Well, but it was like when it was like sort of the dawn of grind. Like, right? Yeah. And that's, I, I couldn't deal with it. I liked the action stuff. I was mm-hmm. playing like Ninja Gaiden and Castlevania uh, and stuff like that. Castlevania is a nice was, world. Mega Man. Mega Me- Man 2 Mega Man got so three. fucking hard. All those games now. I don't know if you've gone back to try and play any of these 8-bit games. I was great at them as a kid, and then I got old. Yeah. I can't play them now at all. Like Because I, I was super excited. Mm-hmm. They put... Uh, we got Metroid when we first got the Wii. Yeah. And they've got all the downloadable. Oh, whatever. yeah. And I got Metroid, and I was like, this is annoying. I don't understand how I did this when I was like ten. It's timing memorization. That's yeah. like so much of it because there was even talking with somebody about Battletoads and oh gosh, how so much of that was just it was timing memorization. Of it wasn't. Like, I can't. You can't beat it unless you memorize exactly where you need to put the skateboard at a certain time. Right. There's no you. You don't have time to react. It's a matter of doing it over and over mm-hmm. and over again until you know. And that's how people do those freaking like Battletoad four minute run through, yeah. which is really annoying. Because I played that game a lot more than four minutes when I was a kid. And then the games that didn't have batteries in them, so you had to leave them on for like 24 hours or overnight or while you were in school or whatever. Yeah. Because there were no no passwords and no batteries. That sucked. I'm trying to think what those were. Um, Ninja Gaiden was one of them. Uh, I think... Oh, God. Yeah, you can't uh, like save Yeah, there was no saving on, on a lot of them. Like, it was a big deal that Zelda had a battery in it. 
because so many of those games had no password system and no battery. And then, uh, well, but before we'll, we'll talk about video games more yeah. in a bit. First, hey. let's talk about you. Hi. Hi, Dana. How are you, Phantom? I'm doing great. Hey. Uh, nice mask today. Right. It's, it's got it's, bubblegum candy hearts on it. And uh, well, it's just just for you. Maybe I'll wear that at the game it's show. It's like a spring. It's, I'd say it's a spring has sprung look. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. I it like that. It looks good. It's like, it's like Easter, dawning on Easter. I, I uh, Actually, I do have a mask that looks way more Eastery than mm-hmm. it was supposed to. Uh, it's always good to have one uh, one summery, springy choice. I think so. It, it looks nice with your coloring. Well, and I, I have... Uh, I have a white mask I'm waiting to break out, but I think you have to wait till after Memorial Day. Is that right? You do it when you do you. You know, yeah. you do whenever you want. I don't yeah. know. I think there are rules about that. So, usually, I start these off mm-hmm. by talking about how I'm familiar with the interview subject. Okay. And in this case, uh, it's a little different because it's not. Hey, I. I first bought the toy you designed in 1987, <laughs> or I first read your book this time. Uh, and you probably don't know this, really. I don't know. What bomb are you going to drop on me it's right now? A, it's, okay. it's not a bomb. Uh, I I've obviously first heard of you through Los Exoflex mm-hmm. because of there was a website called Topless Robot. Yes. That... It's run by different people now, and I haven't been there in a couple of years. But years ago, Topless Robot linked the Marriott Cox Squat video. Hell yeah! That I'm sure you guys got Our a bump. Dragon Con kind of sex problem. anthem. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And I was like, "This is absolutely incredible! What is happening here? Who are these people? <laughs> what is what is this?" It never occurred to me that you would be local to Atlanta. Uh, and and I encourage our listeners to Google Marriott Cox Squad. Uh, it will be it'll be seventh down on the list, but it'll be there. Uh, but no, seriously. So that, that I found from there, Googled Lysexoflex, and found the website with the bouncing images oh, and the download yeah. mixtape. Downloaded the mixtape. It was hilarious. And then I guess. I think I yeah I ordered the shirt before I met you guys because it was right before Christmas time mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe it was right before you dropped she cold mm-hmm. uh, but I ordered a shirt and then you guys did a show at Mary's mm-hmm. and that's where I met you and Pete Pete mm-hmm. the first time and but to me at the time. And and you are still a superstar in my eyes. Oh, but bullshit! At the time, no. <laughs> no, I'm serious. At the time, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm fucking meeting these people." <laughs> Shit, this is crazy. Oh my gosh! And you guys were so sweet and so nice. Um, and then just saw you a couple more times. Got to talking, and I will tell you right now, to this day, I do not know because I'm not. At this point, I've done enough stuff where I'm I'm much more outgoing than I used to be, but I'm not comfortable necessarily approaching strangers about things. To this day, I do not know how I worked up the balls to send you an email saying, "Hey, do you want a dirty game? Do a dirty game show with me at DragonCon?" 
Because what a ridiculous thing to ask a complete stranger. Well, we had, I think we had, we interacted, though, at wrestling after that. Like, we, I mean, know, we had we, we had spoken at yeah, that point, like but we, not, not to the point yeah. where the brain in this head felt comfortable, <laughs> like, entirely comfortable with, hey, pal, you want to do this silly thing? But that's, like, that's the only way that you're going to know if people are going to do stuff. Like, there's times oh, I know, that I know. I've, like, invited people out to even, like, with sex reflection shows, I would invite people out to those, because those are always like, well, I just feel like I should invite this person, they're going to be in town for Dragon Con, and then I'd be doing a song, and then look over, and then this, like, one of our, like, show creators from work would be there, and I'd be like, whoa, hey, what did you do here? <laughs> like, because I just sort of did it as a courtesy, but right, like, it was right. just, like, shocking to me that they would want to, like, come and see and yeah. support and, and hang out, and that was like, what? Like, sometimes it's just, like, you you do that stuff to be like, you know, I just want to put this out there and see if it's even possible, and, like, that's that's how only, that's how anything ever gets done, otherwise you stay in your bubble. Yeah, well, and that's that's definitely something I kind of learned from that, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, I, I don't remember at what point I found out about your non-Lasexoflex job, mm-hmm. but my mind was, like, double-blown at that point. <laughs> Because you work for Adult Swim. I do work for Adult Swim. And you do voice work, and you write, yeah, and do all kinds of stuff. But like, it was like, oh gosh, now I really feel uh, like I shouldn't have contacted this person. This is terrible. But no, I'm just a weirdo. Like I just like I'm I'm honestly, I don't think of myself as like an unapproachable person. I guess and you're not. Because, you're not at all. Yeah, like that, and and. That's always funny to me when someone's like, oh, I didn't even know I could talk to you. Like, the idea of, like, when I go to, to cons and there are people that um, that recognize me from uh, from voice work, like, from Toonami, uh, Sarah, like, they'll somebody's be like, oh, I wanted to say hi, but I just, you know, I didn't want to be weird. Or I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm just there like anybody else. And, it's like, that's the only time you know that somebody pre- – it, it means so much to – know what effect you've had on a person, you right, know, or like, right. what, like some, some artistic thing you've done or some, something, uh, some accomplishment, like some piece that you've done has gone out into the world and it's that it has affected another person, hopefully positively, negatively, those are a little harder to take, but you take them because you don't get the positive without that. But it, it does mean, it does mean a lot to interact with somebody who's been like, oh, I love this thing you did. That's so cool. Well, you've taken some of yourself, regardless of what it's doing, whether it's something you lo- like, a passion project, mm-hmm. or your job, or whatever. It's, you've taken a part of yourself and put it out in the world, and it's resonated with somebody. Yeah. And that's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's like a fake form of myself. Like I, sure, I, sure. I, I, I love my character. Like I love Miss Lady Flex. And I love um, the Lasexaflex work um, because it's so different from who I am. And, and it took me a long time to get comfortable to put out work with, like, here's here's me. Here's me talking as right. me. And, like, that, that's taken a longer time for me to find. And normally it's the opposite. Somebody's like, oh, here's you. I know who I am. And then it's easier to, like, then build a character off of that. But I... I don't. I mean, I think I still don't necessarily know who I am. Like, I'd much rather just be some um, uh, sex-talking motivational speaker who's extremely <laughs> confident <laughs> and just humps other people's dryers for a living. Like, I just. But that is. I mean, any character you're doing, 
there's part of you in it. Yeah. And no matter how thin the veil is, mm-hmm. it is, uh, it's still you. And I think it makes it easier, though, to have that separation. Like, that mask, if you yeah. will, uh, it, it makes it easier. Because, I mean, when I'm doing stuff... Phantom really isn't a character. Mm-hmm. Like uh, doing the game show, I definitely am, am different from how I am doing interviews or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there are kind of two different versions of the guy, like, right? It's, right. Yeah, it's like a, I think of your um, when you're Phantom, like in the ring, or Phantom doing commentary, or Phantom like during the game show. It is like this big like. I I am the spirit carnival barker and so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like this yeah. is this thing that's about to happen and I think you 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 bring a lot of gravitas to what you do and I think people are like what's this guy got to say like he's he's big he's got a mask on he's wearing a nice suit like I want to know what that guy has to say yeah even even prior to doing the mask stuff people always assumed I was in charge of things mm-hmm. which annoyed me because I don't want to be in charge of anything uh, so. How did we, we, if the listeners want to go back to the third episode, which this is worth mentioning, actually, third episode of the podcast, uh, I had Lysexoflex on, uh, well, I had Miss Lady Flex and Peep Peep on, mm-hmm. which was a coup for me. Huge deal. Three, <laughs> three episodes in, and I have these amazing superstars on my show. It was fantastic. So funny to me. Uh, I'm like... No, like, I, wait, I'm like, what's the opposite of like pooper star would be like, well, yeah, I, like how I think of us. We're <laughs> but, poopers. But it was. It was a huge deal. And now, uh, three years later, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're about three weeks shy of three three years later exactly. Although once this goes up, we'll be one week shy. Mm-hmm. So that works out even better. But this is the one hundredth episode. What? Yeah, that's the one hundredth episode of the show. So ninety seven episodes later. Well, uh, you are back, and, and we're back. The, the yeah, we are back. Mm-hmm. The Sexoflex episode was very much in character, uh, mm-hmm. but now how how did that come together? How did you decide that was a thing? Because you did the song for Aquatine, the Aquatine Hunger oh. Force movie. Oh, so how did we decide the Sexoflex? Right. How did you decide to start actually um, doing that as a project, as opposed to here's a fun. Well, the, the, so the song um, came about because I, I sat near the sound booth at work and um, I had a, like a, a friend of mine who was sort of testing all the equipment and would have me come in and just kind of like read stuff off and and uh, and I realized like, oh, he needs me to test something and I was like, well, he should get he should get the royal treatment and I would print off like TV theme songs and, and sing them into the microphone for him and just it was fun and it wasn't just like ba 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 pa 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 blah blah blah. So um we had like a good connection and Nick and Katana watch shout out. Um but there was a song for the Aqua Team movie that uh I think they couldn't get the right paperwork for. Like something fell through with one of the performers on it and they were like Oh hey, will you sing this? I like your booty, but I'm not gay. Song we need it tomorrow by this time. Oh my god! And so I just sort of like showed up, kind of cold with it, and um, and it was my friend Nick, and uh, at the time this this guy now is a writer for us, but he was an intern. Alan, um, we're just trying to record me doing something so I could put it in the movie, and so I did it, and then I was kind of like fucking around because I wanted to make them laugh. 
and I was just like a freestyle rapping about like sweet cheeks and jelly rolls right. and like mud flaps. Yeah, and mud flaps. There's so much cupcakes. I think I said cupcakes were in there. There's there's a there's a version of it that's just on my computer somewhere that's like this long version of me just saying stuff. It's bizarre. And they took that and they like sliced it up and made it what it is in the movie where it's like this more like really thumping like rap like it's like this this house and the, the house music sort of sounds like rapid parts and it's like really like really deep and bassy and and um I wound up performing that after the Aqua Teen movie during the premiere. A friend saw it who was in the band Attractive 80s Women. Um, and he's like, oh, I'm doing a comedy core night. Like, you guys should put a show together. And that's, like, all I had was that one song. So I was like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> I invited um, Pete Peep and Princess Genius and uh, and Vasti and Master Dong to be part of it. And it, we put that whole show together in two weeks. Oh, my god! Like, we did our first show two weeks. And we were just going off of needle drop music and rapping over it and then like and and I'm an improviser like I, I used to improvise at dad's garage a lot so I really like audience participation stuff so we had this thing we would do called sexercises where we'd have like audience members come on stage and we'd be like alright now spin your ass here and hold this person up like an airplane like whatever it is like we would make people do exercises with us they felt like they were part of the show right and right that, um that they were involved. So we just, like, we put together this little, like, 20 to 30 minute set, and people were just like, what the fuck was that? Like, what is that? And we, um, I think at the time we were in Sanoflex for, like, one show, and we changed it later to Sexoflex to be more, because we're not insane. Like, we're right. just, like, we should be a name that reflects who we are. And then we realized that sex was blocked from, like, a lot of search engines. Like, having Sexoflex in the name, like, sex in the name was a bad idea in some ways. People couldn't find you. And also, no one can spell it. No one can spell L-E-S-E-X-O-Flex. No one can spell it. They capitalize things we normally don't capitalize. They add dashes in, like... And then sometimes you're like, what do those assholes say? Like, what do that person, the dumb LeMay shorts say to me? I don't know. I don't want to look at that. I don't remember what they're called. That is the that is how that all came together. I mean, I, I can also say we all ran a hot dog stand, which is totally true. But so what is what's your background with vocal performance and with singing? Because you, I mean, you have a great voice. Thank you. Which I didn't, you know, fr- from listening to uh, Booty Gay, when, mm-hmm. you know, you don't immediately realize it, but then. As you get into what you guys recorded, you're like, oh, wait a minute. She's actually <laughs> singing things very well. What Do you have a background in that? Or? Yeah, yeah, I actually did. And that's how like, I got into acting was actually through singing. Like, I, I did chorus in middle school and, like, went to a thing called Allstate, which is, like, you guys are the best. It's, like, all, like, competitive singing. I used to do, like, I guess singing competitions and, um, and then got into... Uh, theater through that and musical theater and just loved being a goddamn ham like I just love hamming and what's so funny is I hate watching musicals like I hate having to sit through like South Pacific or Showboat or I just can't do it but I will I love making a dumb rubber face on stage because that's all I know how to do like I, I can do that for a day but I, I um, yeah I love singing and I love um, and I, I think that was just all from 
like growing up with a dad who sang just in the car and then and then I just like enjoyed like mimicking sounds mm. like hearing um I love like making animal noises and I think it is like I have an I have an ear for like hearing a sound and trying to match the pitch and I think that's sort of like really helped me with with singing uh, like that. I gotta try to match that. Uh, there it is. Sounds good. So what, uh, you grew up here? Yeah. Grew up and here. what were you, like, when you, when it got to be school time, mm-hmm. it was like, all right, there are grown up decisions to be made. What? Yeah, right? Grown up decisions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of those. Yeah. At all. I'm still making them. Um, what, what were you, like, school wise or, Plan wise, like how did you, how did you get from I'm out of high school and the yeah. whole world is my oyster to working at Adult Swim? Wow. Um. So I always loved uh, sketch and um in comedy. Like I, I really like. I started watching SNL at like a, a youngish age, as like a lot of people do. Like, what was, was your cast? Well, what's weird is I started watching it through the um, the reruns that were on Nick at Night. Oh, okay. The so time. the original cast. So like the original cast okay. and like working your way up and and I, I think I didn't really connect until probably about ninety one was when I was watching it late because you can only stay up so late as a kid. Oh, but yeah. when it was on Nick at Night and you're young and you can kind of watch it like eight or nine. Sometimes my dad would record them right. for us and it was like an episode a day because it's all in syndication, so you just see. You see all this stuff. And you're like, oh yeah, it's like there was a there was a Timex watch that was like that took like three hands to operate, and like I just remember like so much of the jo- so many of the jokes like I didn't get because I was so young, but then oh, yeah. like, the visual stuff you sort of start to pick up on. So like seeing that and seeing like I think at the time there was this like weird sketch boom of like Fox was really trying to build it up, so the Ben Stiller show is on. Yeah. That was like the first moment where I looked at that and I was like, I can do comedy. There's a there's a lady in that, Jean Garofalo. I wanna, <laughs> dude, I, that sounds fun. So that was always in the back of my mind is something I was really interested in. And I, um, I was getting out of school and I was trying to decide whether to go into neurobiology, neurobiological behavioral sciences. Oh my gosh! I'm saying that wrong. What does that even mean? It, uh, just studying like brain chemistry, like how oh. brains. I read this article on Prozac when I was a freshman in high school, and I found it fascinating. Like that you can just sort of block um, block with these receptors for a certain neurotransmitter, and they just stay in your body longer. Like that's fascinating to me. So I was, I was really fascinated with like with biology and like the overlap of like biology and basically psychology. Do you know what I found fascinating in high school? What? Jurassic Park. Hey, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Dinosaurs. <job>. Yes. <laughs> I was also... Oh, yeah, I was really into Doom and Quake and land parties. Like, I was into all of it. But oh, you was, did the land party thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember the first time... Because I didn't, like, uh, before... It'll probably be before the show started, or you listeners might get to hear it. I don't know. Uh... But I was talking about playing King's Quest on the PC, yeah. like the first PC that my dad got. And, you know, that was it, kind of, Sierra Soft Games. And then years after that, uh, there was a friend of mine who was in a punk band, but he was very technologically savvy. He 
was one of the first guys around to be doing CDs of their music. This was 96 or 7. Mm-hmm. And he would do compilation CDs of all the local bands. And he was, like, actually mixing stuff on computers, which at the time Ooh. was not, like, done a lot. Like, it wasn't. This cost $80,000. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> And I remember going to over, over to his house, and he's this is one of those like good old boy punk rock guys. And went over to his house one time, and down in the basement, there's like eight dudes with computers hooked up, playing Doom, probably. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What the fuck is happening in here? <laughs> I've never seen this before." How are these computers talking to each other? <laughs> well, Why is this the rise of the machines? The idea of having more than one computer in a room. <laughs> I didn't even understand. And I was like, are you, are you, wait, you just shot him? What is, how, what? How, what is this happening? Are you guys not playing Diablo? And, and all on the uh, same? Diablo wasn't even, I don't think was even a thing at that yeah. point. But anyway, so I walk into that and uh, they're like, well, hey, you want to play? Which is very nice. Because yeah. like, those guys are not always, Hey, come on, sit down and check it out. Yeah. Uh, I was like, hey, yeah, come on, sit, try it out. Here, this does this, this does this. And I was like, I don't understand any of this. Uh, and I sat down and got killed like three times in 12 seconds. I was like, all right, thanks, guys. I'm going to go talk to You just get James. better. You got to keep, you got to just keep doing it, though. Yeah, like but like anything, did. you listeners out there. That's right. You got to keep, keep working at keep it. at your video games. Just keep playing. You'll get better. I promise. That's right. You stick with Doom and Wolf, Wolfenstein. Keep Wolfenstein 3D. I had a friend whose dad made some sort of mod for Wolfenstein where he, he put the Street Fighter characters in that. And that was so, like, oh my gosh. beyond anything I could ever think of. Because I love right. Street Fighter 2. That's another world I'd live in with Street Fighter 2. But I just loved... Where you have to punch cars for money? Yeah, I want to live that's in that that's world. That's I want to dragon punch cars for money. <laughs> This is what I want to do. I want to live. I want to live in Brazil and electrocute people. So we're doing. We, we got off track. We're, oh yeah. You're doing land parties. Hey, land parties. You're into land parties. I'm into. Uh, oh, yeah, I was just into like. I, I kind of was uh, the most like Renaissance woman. I think I'd. Uh, not literally been, like Renfest. Not literally. No, no. I did friends do that, but I was not like a Renfest chick. But I, I did. I was just sort of interested in everything. Like I was like, I could go into math, I could go into science, I could, oh I could write. Like I kind of was. Um, other than like, I was You're not a really polyglot. Like, I, Damn you! Sure, I don't know. I was not a very athletic <laughs> person, so I, I did get nominated for like best all around, and at some point, and I remember being like, but I'm just like, I'm not an athlete. Like I. I know that I'm Miss Lady Flex, but that's all a ruse. <laughs> like, it has only been in the last, like, couple years that I've started to do anything athletic other than get drunk and dance at MJQ. Like, I mean. Well, that's, that works off. Yeah. I mean, that, that keeps you in a certain kind of shape. Yeah, it sure does. But no, it is like, I have so much more respect for people who were, like, athletes and in high school now because I'm like oh this is really hard <laughs> as an adult this is awful and that's the same but I've realized like that's the same thing that people are like I don't get video games it's like oh that's what it's like to try to like get into yoga and like get into stuff that my body doesn't understand now oh, it's just people who are it's... like I don't understand video games well it's all falling apart it's it's terrible I, I had gotten in a really good habit of walking uh, about three miles in about 45 minutes, which for mm-hmm. me, that's a good pace. I am not, uh, listeners who have seen me before know that I am not built to run. So mm-hmm. that's my, 
that's my constant go. thing that I can do. Walking's good. But I went like all winter, like, I've got a cold, or it's too cold outside, or it's raining. So the other day I got back out for the first time in probably like three months and and did the same pace. And I was like, why is this, I'm just walking. This is stupid. (laughs) My knees are like, stop, sit down. I was like, oh, this is pathetic. It's all all going to hell. It's the first like cobwebs moment though. And it just takes, at least I hope is what's true. I think it just takes a while to build it back up. Like, I broke it my does. toe. Uh, yeah. A what? Uh, yeah, like, it's... If you, listeners, if you ever break your toe, here's the deal. It doesn't feel like you broke it. It feels like you stubbed it, and the stub doesn't go away. So you don't realize you broke it. That's what breaking your toe is like. It doesn't hurt a ton. It hurts a little. But it's not like, oh, like, if you... Like, it seemed like if you broke, like, an arm or something, like, you'd really know. Sure, like, sure. This is just, like, a bad stub forever. <laughs> So I broke a toe, and then part of what you're supposed to do is rest that. So I had to, like, I was doing a lot of, like, bar and yoga. And, like, I was really, like, doing, doing a lot, lot of classes. Bar? B, what is that? So B-A-R-R-E, bar. And it's okay. it's sort of like, uh, do you know what Pilates is? That's the thing with the ball, right? It's like the thing with the ball, okay. yeah. It's like, it's, right. it's, it's, it's sort of like Pilates meets ballet. Okay. Okay. So it's a lot of like standing on your toes. Oh gosh. And oh. like squatting and Oh gosh. And ab work. Like you're it's it's basically a lot like, of things that re- require toe flexing. A lot of toe flexing and a lot of like uh a lot of toe flexing and squeezing your ass at the same time. Like it's a lot of like weird movement. I, I do a lot of that, but not in the same way that yeah. you're suggesting. Yeah. So, I don't know how beneficial it is, really. <laughs> but it's like, I, I just sort of was like, I don't know how much of a workout it is, and I would do it, and I'm like, oh, this is intense. Like, this is like, I did it last night, and I just like, I fell asleep, but I, um, it was just so much in my body, I was like, oh, God, and I like came home and fell asleep, but, um, but I, I was doing it for a while, and doing pretty well, and then like, had to rest for like two months. And then coming back to it blows. It yeah, totally sure. blows because you don't want to do anything. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, it all hurts. It's all painful. I don't know how to squat anymore because your muscles aren't used to it. So, but it does come back. And if you've done it before, yeah. I think it comes back better. Yeah. Like it's 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 the recovery time is less. Yeah. If you do have a habit, previous habit. So true. Uh, I so you're you're the best all around human being in high best school. Best all around ish. Like I, I, I don't think I I didn't wind up win. I was a runner up um, for best. So you got all a around. small silver trophy. Got a silver, a but I, I, I did prize. like a lot of drama, and that was like everyone knew me as like, damn, she's just drama. Like I, there's a guy I dated in high school that I think he took a drama class from my teacher, and she'd bring me up in the class he was in. And he's like, Dana Swanson, the name is Power. And I'm like, wow, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. <laughs> so that makes me like, I, I do like think when I think back on that, I'm like, God, I was like one of those kids that was, yeah, in high school, like I, I was a total weirdo. Like I, I wore a fishnet bodysuit, like crotchless fishnet bodysuit, and then put like underwear on over it because I like, really wanted to wear the bodysuit. <laughs> so I would wear like a fishnet bodysuit and like underwear and like put clothes on over that. Like, right, right, like, right. Like everything, obviously, like well, underwear the, and bra, like the, everything. It's the high school version of that. Yeah. Like yeah. that that uncomfortable like. 
Uh, I want to look this way, but I'm not growing all out. Yeah. <laughs> high school. Yeah. No, no, I totally understand that. I'm trying to, th- I, I, I know yeah. the feeling you're describing. Yeah. Like when you have a, like a, a single parent, like you come from a single parent household, that's like part of it is like, well, only one person may or may not know if I'm doing something weird at school, so I'm going to go do it. And I think, I think now like parents are a lot more open to letting their kids do Interesting stuff, but yeah. Oh, for sure. I, the other day, that I uh, did something I never imagined I would ever do. Uh-oh. Uh oh. My son dances all the time, always dancing. Great. He has great rhythm mm-hmm. and comes up with all kinds of like you know it's little kid dancing. Yeah. I'm not talking about his Barishnikov, but he's got really <laughs> good rhythm. He's very energetic. He's always moving around. And I'm like, do you want to take like a dance class or something? And in my head, I'm like, what did you just say? But that's yeah. if that's something he wants to do. Hell anything, yeah. anything uh, that will get like like we were talking about before. We we talked about our game show, the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game, game, game Show Show. show prior to recording and we were talking about how anything that you do gives you experience it, it opens your world up mm-hmm. and that's all that matters it doesn't even matter what you're doing if you're doing something you haven't done before just it's it's opening up you're going to learn things that apply to other things entirely mm-hmm. that you're not even realizing but yeah, anyway it helps you make like little neural connections so uh single parent only have one mm-hmm. person to be concerned about. Yeah. Like, okay, I've only got yeah. one that's going to think like, I'm a I freak. got away with. I got away with some bullshit, and I feel. I do feel kind of bad about that. Like I, like my mom, like because it, it was before the rule of all right, a parent has to be there all the time. Like I think up until somebody was fourteen, like you have to. Isn't that the rule now? Like you have to. Yeah, your, there's your some kind of fourteen. Somebody has to be home. Yeah, there's some kind of like defects thing yeah. where you can't like which. It's, you know, we have lost, with all the rules and stuff, we've lost a lot of uh, circumstance affecting things. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes that shit's not practical. It's just yeah. not. I mean, we're we're very fortunate in that, you know, I, well, I'm fortunate in that my parents are celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. Which is, well, I don't know if they feel like that. But oh. <laughs> no, they're fine. They just, um, but, you know, I was fortunate that, there was somebody, you know, mom was around, dad was around, whatever. Yeah. That's not always the case. And you can't, I feel like a lot of this stuff is like not taking into consideration life. Yeah. Shit that happens that you got to deal with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like we were latchkey kids and like I just, I don't remember it being that much of an issue. I guess right. where we, but where we lived, like we lived in the suburbs, and it was like well, but nobody had made it an issue. Day. It wasn't a big deal yeah. to you guys because it was like oh, this is what we deal. do, whatever, we're fine. It wasn't a big deal, and yeah, there were like I also used to stay out late though because there were like when I got older and when I was like in my later teens, sometimes you know people have to go out on dates, and sometimes that's a later thing. Sure. So. Sure. Um, God, yeah, I would just go to land parties. Like, I would just be like, I'd, I'd be at somebody's house, I'd be at a land party till like 6 a.m. Yeah. And it wouldn't, normally wouldn't have to explain anything, but they were the nice ones, you just take it for granted, like, oh, they'll, they won't be back. And then, then they're back. And I think that's what, uh, because I, I did this, I think mm-hmm. back, and I did a lot of the same stuff. Like, I'm actually as conservative as my parents were mm-hmm. and, and are. I'm still surprised at a lot of the stuff I got away with, and there was a lot of that staying out, like, just oh, ridiculously late, 
And, you know, now I'm starting to get a feeling of, oh, my gosh, in a few years, I'm going to be dealing with 2 a.m. Yeah. Where is he? What's he doing? What's he putting where? Who are we going to have to talk to about things? Well, and that's the thing. At the time, I, you know, I had, I had a pager. Oh man, I do too. <laughs> you'd, get the, you'd get the home phone number nine one one. You'd be like, "Oh shit, I gotta get in the car." What was it? One four three was that? I love you. I don't know. I I never got that one. Nine one one. Nine one one was emer- No, nine one one was emergency. Six nine six nine um, six nine. That was no, I love you. Never got that either. Okay. No, no. Checking, um, checking. No, don't know. Four one one. Four one one was what? what I mean, what it means you, information, but what are you supposed to do with that? Yeah, I feel like most. Well, okay, here's the deal. Like most, didn't most drug dealers have pagers? But For sure. You, but what? Like Multiple normally you would just send your number. Wouldn't you? Like, would you be able to send your number and then also? An order, like if if you're like, ah, here's my number five 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 two yeah, one two, and was, then you send like fourteen would be like, I want this kind yeah, of. Yeah, there were numeric codes for for that. Uh, um, not that I would know anything about that, but certainly not more so than any "I love you" <laughs> one four three. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was so different then, and and it, what's funny is I often wonder like. We talk about how how scary the world is now, yeah. and how people get you know kidnapped and crazy things happen, and there are yeah. maniacs out there. I don't really think it was ever any different. I think the media now is just different. Like mm-hmm. we hear about it's this stuff because yeah. we're all there, but that's neither here nor there. We're not, not here to talk about world issues. We can. Who cares? Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. The <laughs> listeners might care. Want? They don't want to know. Care. Um, I don't care about the world. I care about the fantasy land, fantasy island. It is much more interesting. So much more. Oh, we need a little person. <laughs> we need we need a Hervey Village. When you said that, I thought like we said like little person. I thought you were saying like like you know you, like, you hear songs like we need a little love, but I get like meant like <laughs> we, we need, need a little person. We need a, li- we need a little person. <laughs> like just just a little, not a little person, but we need a little a little person. person. Like a little we need humanity. a little per- humanity, a little yeah. personality here. Yeah, we do. We, we do. I think yeah. so. Uh, high school. You have many possibilities. Mm-hmm. The maths, the sciences, yeah, um, the actings, the yeah. The and I wanted to write. Like I was like, I want to write sketch comedy. I want to do this stuff. So I, I now how how was your like as far as encouragement? As far as what should you do with your life? I think my um, my mom was an educator, and I think. Because of that, she, and that was something her mother did, and I think she never felt like it was hers. Like, she felt like, this is the thing that I, I didn't want to do. Like, why am right. I doing this? Like, it's not the thing that I want to do. She was amazing at what she did, which is, like, total irony of it. She was, like, renowned educator. Um, but she always wanted to be a biologist, and so she was pushing me to be a biologist a little bit. She's like, you're really great at science. You should do science. And she was totally right. She's like, should you do science? And if you, she's like, if you did an engineer, if you were an engineer, you would get accepted anywhere because they're looking for female engineers. Like, right. So she was really pushing me to do something in math or science, which is awesome because I know a lot of people that don't really push their daughters to do anything in those fields. 
Right. Well, and this um, was what this was what ninety this was ninety eight or I was right I graduated there? in two thousand. I am part oh, of the, did you? the oh smoke gosh. free class of two thousand. So that, what is that a thing? Yeah, it was a total thing. I bet I bet friend, Sean I bet Sean did a dance video. Well, to my it. friend John Hawkins used to sing that as as like he watched our other friends smoke. He were, would, were he would you? just go, We are the smoke free class of wow. two thousand like it was a total campaign. So it didn't work. So two thousand. Yeah. So but yeah. That was a time when the world kind of was changing, and there mm-hmm. was more of a push for uh, women, which I can't believe 16 yeah. years later were still, like, not up to par right. on that. But at the time, there was more of a push for, mm-hmm. for women in the workplace, yeah. women in the sciences. Like, it was a... Uh, I don't know that it was necessarily a good time mm-hmm. for that, but it was a time where it was more possible than it probably would have been before that. five years Absolutely. before. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I had done um, a, I did this, I did this thing called GHP, which in Georgia, I think it's still happening, but it's a thing called Governor's Honors Program where you, yeah, yeah. Um, you major, it's like mini college for six weeks, like you major in something. And I, I tried out for it and I wound up being what's called a communicative arts major. And I really, like, learned about, like, media studies and how to make a documentary and all this, like, fascinating stuff along with, um, I mean, along with, like, your traditional, like, here's poetry and here's, like, a bunch of, like, awesome Native American folklore and sort of a mix of, like, English, like, what we, I guess, at the time would call English and then right. more of, like, film studies and media studies. So it was, it was really, really cool. I think that, um, taking that... I learned that there's, like, you can just study media and TV and, like, how to make stuff and produce it. So I wound up going to UGA for um, what's called telecommunications arts as part of the Grady College of Journalism Mass Communication. And I worked for the Peabody Awards uh, in their archives. And I ran an AV room, and I ran projection for a little bit, too. So I made, like, a lot of weird... Uh, films for class and some stuff outside of class and uh, and was an improviser, but I, I was actually working with a friend of mine, uh, Nora Smith Holler, on a project, and um, her dad worked at Adult Swim, Pete Smith Holler, um, and saw us, like, working on some project that he thought was just, like, so weird and fucked up. Yeah. And I guess he found out that, like, I wanted to work there, and so... After so I was like, yeah, give me a resume. When you're graduating, give me a resume. I'll make sure it stays around. So I interviewed for four different jobs at Adult Swim. <laughs> and the one I got was working um, in the library because I used to work in the AV room and in the library at uh, UGA for audio video stuff. Now, um, what, you know, during your, your time at UGA, mm-hmm. you essentially went for, now you, you were performing and stuff in high school. Yeah. But. Nothing like the college experience. You, you, I would assume, kind of went from a, a consumer of media mm-hmm. to somebody who was learning more about it, looking at it in different ways. Yeah. Like, how did your perspective shift? Because I have friends that work in films and stuff, and now they enjoy films. In ent- well, they enjoy or do not enjoy films in an entirely different way for me. Like, they, they, a lot of them seem to have lost their ability to kind of just turn it off. Oh, yeah. Like, they're sitting there looking at the technical aspects of everything and they can't just sit back and be like, blow up funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's absolutely true because you start to pick things apart more than you would. But then on top of that, if you've ever worked like in a movie theater, because I worked in movie theater in high school and then 
like running projection. Like it was fine to like work in a movie there and just like work in concessions and whatnot. Like you'd start to pick up on certain things, but working in running projection with old films, like these are still on like, I guess it was like the whole like changeover system. If you guys ever watch fight club, there's a whole like cigarette yeah, card yeah. explanation. I totally ran a projection system like that. Um, and you have to like wait for it to happen, and then you change it over, and it's like this really scary moment. Of, now, what is your wait? Over. What is your wait time? Like when you're pardon my pardon seconds. my creaky squeaky chair, yeah, it's a uh, listeners. Seconds. But but prior to that, like what what kind of indication do you have it's coming up? Like are you sitting there um, for like ten minutes going? Well, you would you would look almost... at you would kind of like look at the um, the actual film itself. Like you would right. pull the film out and know like okay when there's the scene with this blue sky. I know it's coming, and you may, like, run up to the booth around there. You also may know by time, like, okay, these are about, I'm going to get the time all wrong, but, it, you know, it's about 45 minutes or 40 minutes. You get to the point where you know how many frames are. Ish. Right. Ish. Like, just, I know that it's about here. And sometimes there's a piece of paper that would also tell you, like, okay, at about this many minutes in, this thing happens. Um, but you kind of just look for it on the actual film. Like, you would pull it apart as you're rolling it together and, and splicing all the reels together. Like, okay, if I get here... That's where this thing happens. And then you, and you also like kind of look and see like, okay, well it's like when you look at a, a tape, you can see it's not quite all done. You're right. like, oh, I still got some time and then run back. So to always be getting up from my seat and running up to the booth, if the headroom was off, if something, if the sound was off, like always adjusting that stuff, like really careful about it. And then like you change it over. Um, and even if you had like a more simple system, like now it's all digital, but people just don't give a shit. Like there's not that like, all right, what's the sound like? Like, what's this like? And so if I'm in a movie and the sound is off or the headroom's off or something's out of focus, like I will say something. Oh no, see that stuff. I'll get up and go yeah. out. Even being, you know, kind of the, the spectator that I am. Yeah. I can't tolerate that. Shit. If the, if the screen yeah. is like up too far yeah. or the sound, like, oh yeah. I'll, I have friends who are film critics and they won't get up and do it. Like oh, it's no. weird. Like, like, ah, I, I paid to, to see that. a movie. You're going to make it look as good as yeah. it's supposed to look. I think it's just that effort of like, ah, someone will say something. Or they'll fix it. And I'm like, no, they're, <laughs> no. it's Atlantic Station. They don't they're, give a shit. We have to get up. <laughs> no, they're right. I'll go say something. If yeah. you, if you, Listeners, if you're in the theater with me, I will take care of that shit. Don't you worry. High five. That's right. Not everybody will do that. No, I can't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, you, you came out yeah. and now you have an eye. But are you still... Uh, you've got to be able to enjoy stuff to a certain degree still. Just watching TV and movies and whatever. Yeah. How, how much of that technical stuff, though, just as far as, oh, I know how this thing was made. Mm-hmm. I know what went into this line being delivered. There is, like, I actually really appreciate, like, I'll give a show more of a buy. Like, if I can, if I'm kind of not super into it, I'll give it more of a buy if I can tell that your costuming looks interesting or realistic. Like, right. I actually, like, I, I really liked Jessica Jones. I don't think it was the most amazing thing that came out last Could've year. Could have been better. But I enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. And one of the reasons I thought it was brilliant was because whoever costumed her didn't do the typical TV thing. Like, which in TV and movies, it's like, this person looks like shit, quote unquote. And they never look terrible. They no, always they look don't. perfect. They look like they just, like, went to Forever 21 and bought everything. And it's all right there. Like, you can just tell that it's all, like, close. Some rack and they, and they never wear the same thing twice. No, but in that show, 
She is putting on pants that she obviously wore the night before. It'd probably be two、yeah. nights before. Like, I just thought it was so unique for a female character to just、right. to do. She was she was to be gritty. honest. She、yeah. was gritty she was and gritty, real. But she and... was like honest to like how a person who's an alcoholic and possibly a superhero would be.、Right. It's just like. I don't care. I don't really. It's not about getting dressed for me. It's about just I just have to get out the door. Like I don't care. Is this a vomit on it? I don't care. Like I just I loved that, and I will、um, I will again give a show more of a chance because I'm like they did that and I like that and they give you more of a chance.、So、like I just watched, I started to watch Legends of Tomorrow, which oh gosh, I feel like it. <sighs> It's the dumbest show on、it's, TV right now. It's not the best, and it's. And I was going to ask you this: you obviously are a huge Doctor Who fan. Yeah. yeah. What came first, Rip Hunter?、Uh, Rip or, Hunter was around before Doctor Who. So Rip Hunter but, was a Time Master but, before. Wait, so when did Time Lords、okay, come about? But Doctor Who has very much informed this version of、uh, Rip Hunter. Yeah. Because it's Arthur Darville, right? It's Rory、okay. flying around through time. No, that show is really stupid. I just watched the first six episodes of Mr. Robot. Have you watched that love yet? Mr. Robot. Holy shit! Yeah, I love Mr. Robot. I had no idea how deep it was going to be. I had no idea he was going to have、mm-hmm. the drug addiction and how much it was going to get into his. Uh, like the insecurity and、mm-hmm. everything, and like that, his is how isolated. I was like, oh, I thought he was just going to be some computer nerd, yeah, but yeah, this、it's... character actually has depth, and yeah, and it's like with Jessica Jones,、mm-hmm. uh, they are showing as much as, if not more, than they're telling, which I appreciate a lot. Like you said, with her putting the pants on, her grabbing those pants off the floor, the dresser,、yeah. or wherever, and putting those on. Did so much more than any five lines of dialogue could have,、mm-hmm. and、yeah. and that Mr. Robot's very good with that too.、Yeah. So you, but so you can still appreciate things just in a different. Yeah,、way. but I will say with Legends of Tomorrow,、um, whatever her name is, is it White Canary? White Canary. Yeah, like they always style her. Like they they did something with her hair that was like it looked like she didn't give a shit, and I was like, thank you. It looks like no one styled her hair, and I appreciate that because I hate doing my hair. And you see people who are like, I'm a tomboy, and then you see them on like a show, and right? Like their hair looks perfect, and like it looks like they they spent two hours in hair and makeup, like. And I appreciate that with White Canary, it looks like they tend intentionally don't give a shit with her hair, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give you another buy. You did not overdo her hair. It's, I mean, it's a fun show,、mm-hmm. but they、uh, um, Arthur Darville. I love him. I will follow yeah, him to the、yeah. end of the world, and. But they so here's what they did like they they tried to make that they're trying so hard to make that show catnip and it turns out hollow so it's Arthur Darville from Doctor Who、right. in a show where he's kind of this Captain Mal version of Doctor Who so they're trying to get the Firefly fans right Trinity fans he has the the angsty troubled past right. Yeah, and like he's got the fucking brown trench coat. Yeah, he has a brown leather trench coat. <laughs> and so you've got like him, and then it's like, okay, we're gonna tie in this other DC stuff. And then the guy from Prison Break is in there. Looks like he's what's his fuck from Supernatural.、Though. He's the he's best amazing, person on the show. He has the same face as the guy from Supernatural. No, he doesn't. He totally no, does. You haven't watched enough Supernatural. Same Supernatural no, face. No. Same face. Not at all. 
total safe no, face. No. Total cat. They're trying to make a cat in for people who binge on Netflix. <laughs> it's Netflix cat in. It's not that, though, because I can't imagine it being any better if I sat down and watched a bunch at a time. It's not great. It's nonsense. It's not great. But no. they're trying, but they, they are trying to build it. And they, of course, like, it's the whole, like, it's sort of like the Avengers, but not. Like, they're making... It is what you look at when people go, how do we formulaically make a show? And it's like like they took a focus group and said, what do you want to see? I want Doctor Who, and I want the Avengers, and I want Firefly, and I want, like, it's... Well, they've got Iron Man. And and Iron Man. They totally have Iron Man in there. They totally have Iron Man. Except he shrinks, too. So, yeah, it's, it's something. It's all and I want, the entire show. And Brandon Routh, who was Superman Brandon once. Routh, who's so great, though. He's great. He's wonderful. He's really great. And, like, that poor guy, I, I, do you feel, I feel bad I feel terrible for him. for him because he did a fantastic job in that horrible movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's great, but he's he has untouchable. to. He has to carry that for the rest of his career. Yeah. But I think people love him. I don't think yeah. people. I think they've already forgotten. Well, and I don't think people, when they're complaining about that movie, I don't think they're complaining about him. No. They're complaining about the writing and and everything else. Who is the guy that did that movie, by the way, dear listeners, is the guy that's bringing you the new X-Men movie where, once again, a bridge is destroyed and Professor X is fucking crying. A bridge is destroyed and Professor X is crying. I'm not a fan of the last X-Men movie. And I'm not excited about this. Oh, the, one. the Dinklage one. The well, and, and yeah, because they didn't do anything with him. Yeah. Why are you hiring Peter Dinklage and giving him nothing to do? Yeah. And then Professor X cries for an hour and a half. That's that movie. That's it. That's the he whole movie. He does have a lot and of then, emotional stakes. There. And then the the trailer for this one, half of the trailer in, in uh, a portion of it, bridges explode, which has mm-hmm. to happen in every X Men movie apparently, and then Professor X. Two different, like, 20-second shots just weeping. <laughs> Stop. Enough with crying Professor X. Patrick Stewart did not cry as Professor X. I don't know why this the kick-ass guy has to. Uh, yes, exactly. He's making badger noises. <laughs> so more of a sheep goat that second. So you put in your... You, you interviewed for four different spots in Adult oh my God, Swim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got your, uh, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah. This is what happens. Oh my right? God. I'm like, can we forget about that? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was hard. Like, I kept, like, interviewing for PA jobs. Well, it had to be, I would think it would have to be it. brutal. Because it's yeah. something, I mean, it's not like it's just a TV station. No. This is, I mean, Adult Swim is a pop culture phenomenon. And I think the first time I interviewed, like, I didn't, I was in the middle of school, and, like, they, one of the first questions that, Keith asked me was, what are you watching on TV? And at the time I was like, I wasn't expecting to hear that question. Right. And at the time I was, I didn't have cable. Like I had like, I was in college and I was living in like a shitty house on Pulaski Street. Which Bloomberg In tonight. Athens. Yeah. Like, oh God, I don't watch any of that. So I, I think I said something like, I was like, well, I watch, I watch your shows and I watch like, <laughs> and cause I did watch, like you'd kind of just catch it at other people's houses. Right, but, right. I think I would, like, watch, like, The Daily Show in the morning at work, and, and I was just watching, like, at the time, I was watching just a bunch of movies. Like, whatever you had. I watched, like, the Red, White, and Blue yeah, yeah. Uh, trilogy, and I was watching, like, weird art films that were around, and, like, whatever wasn't on Laserdisc that I could bring home. Which you've got to think is good answers. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it was just sort of, like, such a disconnect, and I didn't know how to, like, sell myself, and I actually... 
um, in the middle of interview, like when I was interviewing, often on interviewing crew stuff, I took a job at Career Builder. And one of the first things they teach you is how to interview. I had a very brutal interview there where they just kept, like, it was three people just firing questions at you. See, that needs Over. to happen in college. Oh, it's a, it's, it's. That a, needs to happen in high school. And they, they, there's some document they had that was called, like, E-A-R is, like, how to remember this. So, example of, like, if someone's like, are you organized? Don't say yes. Right. Say I'm organized. I do this, this. Yeah, I do this, this, this. And I don't remember the A, but I know E is example. A, who knows? R is result. So, example, A, results. There you go. Good A, B. Yeah. I so, know now. So, if it's like, well, I, I, and, the, the, and then so when I finally learned that, I they asked me, like, oh, are you organized? I'm like, yeah. Like, I was a dresser at a theater for a while, which is like a person who helps people get in and out of clothes, which if you want to find a weird job, oh that's gosh. a fun, weird job, is and washing people's laundry every night after a show and then helping them get in and out of, like, there was a scene where somebody had to get into boxers or out of boxers. Like, I had to, like, oh hold gosh. boxers for them and... I mean, it's, it's very personal, and so you want to be trusted sure. by somebody. Um, but I had to be really organized because I knew, okay, I have to have this person's shoes face this way because they're coming off stage. Right, and they've got to be able to... And so I, like, build this whole case. We're like, oh, that's why I'm organized. Like, I make sure that they can, like, get in their boxers this way, and there's their shoes. And, like, this is where I leave all their, this is where I leave all their items, and I need to meet them here. And I know that it will make their night much easier if I put this here. Like, oh, my gosh. Just, just making that visual example for somebody like walking them through something you did just goes so far and that goes to like with I interviewed interns for a little bit when I was working as like a coordinator and just because I would ask I'd always want to know like did you have a job in high school I always want to know yeah because if somebody hasn't I'm it's a terrible bias but I'm a little more biased if somebody hasn't worked for sure because you're like are you going to be like cocky are you going to come in here just and be a, like a jerk because they're like you know it doesn't matter what gender but people would come in and normally the people who hadn't worked in an office environment would come in with a little more like swagger because they hadn't been beaten down yeah yeah and, it may, <laughs> and they may not know how to like interact with like a large group of people right. and like that group especially like is is you know everyone's a little squirrel and you don't want to scare them off like you want to hold out um kibble for them to slowly take. Like, I'm glad you went with kibble and not nuts. Nuts. Don't hold kibble. out your nuts. nuts. We did have a little sex of like song called Squirrels. Yes. And we did it the last show. And with the big inflatable, I have video of that. Oh, nice. I the do. inflatable tail. I think I've got a lot of video from that show. Do you that really? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I need, to, I need to send that to I'd you. Love to um, I now did you find and I don't know how much this would happen with internship. Yeah. When I was a manager, I never hired somebody that had worked in what I was doing. Huh. Because I found it much more difficult to untrain somebody. Like if I was running a music store, I did not hire somebody that had worked at a music store, a video game store, or whatever, because they've got bad habits from the last place they worked. Right. I would much rather hire somebody from McDonald's or Hardee's or this can't be yogurt or whatever because they don't have experience with this. So I am training them fresh. Wow. Okay. And I don't know, I guess with interns, you're probably not running into that as much. No, no, no. With interns for sure. Um, but in my current job, like I was trained by somebody else on how to make promos than the person who is my direct boss. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I do feel like there's some resentment and like, 
Yep. Well, you do it this way, and I would, oh, I would much rather that you do it this way. That's a nightmare. It mm-hmm. is so hard to be trained by one person and then passed off yeah. to another person to do that job. Yeah. Uh, unless you're working for a company that is just by the book, every single thing is written down, you yeah. do it this way, period. Because everybody does everything differently, and it's really tough. I, I think that's where a lot of employee issues come from. Mm-hmm. Is is that kind of stuff that you know? Well, I learned to do it this way. Well, that's wrong. Yeah, I did so what I was shown. That's what I, that's how I learned how to do it. So, how did you expand? Yeah, when you when you got into the job, how do you expand into everything that you're doing now? So, it is if you ever want to like work your way up the ladder. I love working at Adult Swim, but it is a very hard place to do that. There are people who have been there for four years and are still PAs or sure. production assistants, which if you're working on like sets, if you like, as soon as you're done with school, go out to Hollywood or I guess now Atlanta um, as well, or New York and, and try to just work on sets, like you move up so much faster than if you were to work in an office environment as a PA within, within Turner. Yeah. It just takes a long time because they just don't promote people very easily. Um, so I was an assistant and then a coordinator and that took a while. And then I was, while I was a coordinator, I was kind of like, I was writing promos and also doing the stuff for Sexoflex, like the mixtapes and whatnot. And, um, one of the people that helped us make the mixtape was a person hiring for a writing job. And they knew that I was funny because they worked with me directly on that. And also could, like, watch some of the promos that I'd done and, like, knew that I wrote stuff. And uh, I wound up getting hired to do that instead of deal with other people's expense reports all day. So it was really nice. (laughs) Because it is, like, there are people that sort of have, you like, with that place, like, you have one job and then you kind of do four at the same time. Because you're either trying to help somebody else or or there's other stuff you want to do and you're not able to do or... You realize, like, nobody's delivering the mail, so you should probably deliver the mail. Like, there's little stuff that, that pops up. And so you, and now what I do now, like, I, I do have, like, a job where I write and produce um, commercials that just air on Adult Swim, which are, like, for clients and then stuff that actually promote our shows, too. Like, we just finished up all the Venture Brothers promos for the season, so. Which, holy shit, so, this season. Get ready! Oh, my gosh. Get ready. I can't believe. I mean, the show has always been one of the best shows on television. Yeah, I agree too. But this season has, because it was season six, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, any other show would be showing fatigue, and which I think part of it is that those guys take their time yeah. with the product, and they care very much they, they, they about care it. They care so much about each character. They know each of the characters' diets. Like, they're very thorough. And, and that shows. And I, I have always said, like, usually I'm saying it about comic books, because that's obviously a much a medium where mm-hmm. timelines and, or uh, deadlines are very different. I would rather wait much longer for a good product than somebody to hash out a mediocre product every month or every year or whatever the case yeah. may be. I would rather wait for their stuff and have something like this season six, mm-hmm. which is so fucking ridiculous. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's just like everything that shows good at, which is 
like taking them, putting people in a new environment, and then also introducing so many new characters that you just your head spins. Well, so many new memorable yeah. characters because yeah. I'm not it's good. It's not just like here's somebody flavor of the week. It's like it's interesting people, and then it comes. It feels like it comes full circle. Like it always yes, comes full circle. And and I'm not good with. Uh, well, and it helps that they're animated and everybody looks very yeah. specific, but. When I'm watching a show and they've got new characters or it's a new show or whatever, I'm not good with keeping up with things. But I've had no trouble, you know, I, I know exactly what's going on mm-hmm. in that show. So, uh, you are also doing, uh, you play video games. I do. For Adult Swim. For Adult Swim. What, what goes into that? So, some of it is just actually, like, actually research for, if you're working on a campaign for Ubisoft or for... EA or for um, for like Activision, like whoever the client is, like you want to at least be familiar with their games, so that when you get on a conference call with them, you're not just like, "So I played Assassin's Creed." Like you want to be able to. I would play Assassin's Creed. Yeah, by the way, do you want to be able to talk intelligently about whatever it is? And so sometimes that's like a video game, or sometimes it's a movie series, and you you want to be able to speak to it as if you've seen it or done it or are just looking at Wikipedia, like you want to experience it and know what's behind it and and in some cases be a fan of the thing that you're promoting. So so that's part of it. And then also for um Tsunami Preflight, which is a little streaming show, I do little um like mobile game reviews because I, I do actually like playing mobile games a lot because you can kind of play them while you're watching TV or especially like where I live there's like, there's one living room right now. I like guess that's just it. It's just a living room and then a bedroom, and that's it. And if my uh, husband, Chris, is watching something, I want to be able to hang out with him. And right. Sometimes I'll, like, hang out with him and, like, play something on my game or on, on my phone or... Yeah, we have that. We'll we'll take turns with uh, with television interest yeah. versus doing things on the phone or whatever. Yeah. But, like, yeah. It's, it sort of came out of that. Like, he wanted to watch something, and I was like, oh... I'm not really interested in that, but I'd like to be yeah. in your company. Yeah, yeah like it's yeah. just it's it's a weird like half social way to game with somebody who's in your same environment, and there's not really like a lot of saves with mobile games. Like it's not like a battery that runs out necessarily, but like I think now about like so many games, you have like save files. You're like, all right, at this point, I know that this thing got raided, and at this point. So going back doing a review is hard because you have to like kind of play either like know the game and know that something cool is coming up to go and capture the footage or you have to replay it. Um, so do that. And then I also, uh, I had a streaming show for a hot minute called Touchy Buttons that was playing games on, um, on the Adult Swim streaming site, like for an hour with my friend Kim and yeah. we just kind of like have weird segments where we did exercises and, uh, and talked about, like, videos from the 80s that people sent us or, like, weird examples. It was just nice to have, like, here's our space to do this and answer fan questions and uh, give away prizes. So it was it was fun. Now, what's up with Toonami? What is up with Toonami? What isn't up with Toonami? Toonami is... I mean, it's... Because you are... You are Sarah. I, I play Sarah on Toonami, um, which there's really only two plus characters. There's two regular characters on Tsunami, which is Tom, the robot man, and uh, Sarah, who's an AI. Um, it was aboard the Absolution with him, and then the Absolution just blew up, 
Now they're aboard the space station together, the Vindication. It's very exciting. Um, but yeah, I play just sort of sentient-ish AI that doesn't have a body and uh, announces a block. It does all sorts of cool stuff. So I love it. I love getting to be that character. I just finished up a thing called, and everybody just got to see a thing called Intruder 2. I was sort of working on it up until up until it aired <laughs> along with everybody. Like, at least I wouldn't get, I wouldn't know what was happening until it was time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it was kind of like it was a little scary when my character died. Right, like, right. Uh, is this coming back? <laughs> so, now, that wasn't, Intruder yeah. was the first instance of, like, sort of storyline stuff going on with yeah. those characters, right? Yeah, which I think that was... I, I don't want to get the date wrong, but Intruder... The first Intruder was many, many years ago, um, around the two thousand, the dawn of the 2000s. And then Intruder 2 was this follow-up. So there's, like, this sort of blob that, that takes over Tom, and then the blob comes back, and the, when the blob comes back, it uh, wipes out Sarah's board... And Tom's able to sort of the, the the good news is Tom was able to basically reconstitute her from things within the uh, the Absolution's mainframe, and she sort of like grows back. And um, I don't know, I relate to Sarah a lot more now, even though we're not doing like the weekly um, the weekly intros anymore. But she's broken. Like it's this battle damaged Sarah, which I feel like that's me. Like I had, I had brain surgery almost four years ago. We kind of glossed over that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I don't know. It was nice to feel like, Oh yeah. Like this, this is somebody who's been through some shit. Like she's been through shit. And that's like, I feel a lot closer to that character now. And that's, I mean, generally, Tom and Sarah serve in more of a host capacity. Yeah. You and Banner introducing yeah. stuff and all, so it's pretty cool that you got to be part of yeah a, an actual something more dramatic, right? And, and right. Their coworkers, and I got to actually show my stripes a little more because with when you even when you like audition people who are like voiceover artists, like there are people who do commercial and like what I do is very hosty, and I'm going to host this segment now and. You have a difference between that and, like, doing something more dramatic, which is like, oh, my God, I just dropped something. Things are wrong. Like, that's right. very different. And I, when I've auditioned people for, like, they normally be hosted stuff or dramatic stuff, sometimes you can't tell if they get it. And so it was nice to be able to feel like, no, I get it, guys. Like, I can do something dramatic. And I have no idea if, if the audiences think the same, but I felt like I was doing something different or got to not just be like, and here's what's up next. And here's a thing, and a thing. <laughs> well, I, the audience, I mean, they have to because I remember when we did the game show at the red light. Yeah. Uh, there yeah. was a young girl there who was flipping out because you were Sarah. Oh yeah. And uh, matter of fact, that might have been because I don't know that I knew even at that point that you were doing that. The tsunami stuff. So I don't think it had come up. Yeah. And you were so sweet and gracious to her, but she was very invested in the oh, character. Man. And that was prior to, so I, I was thinking when you were yeah. posting stuff, when you were posting stuff about, uh, that. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder what that chick, I wonder yeah. how she's reacting to all of this. Cause it also too is like, like those characters, Tom and Sarah have been around for so long. 
And, like, Sarah wasn't always there, but, like, she was definitely around. I, I don't know the history of it, and I really should. And that's well, you're, but you're Sarah 2.0. Yeah, Sarah 3. Oh, 3. 3, yeah. Sarah 3.5, I think, is the technical. Oh, my gosh. Like, well, now it's 3.5 because she was 3. I was Sarah 3. Oh, you were 3, and, and after the. After the, the, um, after she got wiped, 3.5, um, and reconstituted. But, yeah, um, it, it's such a big deal, like tsunami. So, so the question I guess earlier was, so tsunami, like tsunami is a huge deal, and I was trying to figure out how to phrase this on the way here. And it's tsunami is this not only this like door to shows and to anime, which people didn't really people had access to prior to tsunami, but it just wasn't as popularized, and it right. didn't have like a place on the airwaves and and. So you may not have even known where to look for it. So mm. it took this thing that was like under so many rocks, um, if you were just like an American kid in the Midwest, and you started to remove some of the rocks a bit. Like, okay, here's this really great thing. It's here, and you know where to find it. And not just like removing the rocks, but then also like making this comfortable place to come and hang out. Yeah. That other people can connect with. And that's what Tom and Sarah are part of is like, Here's this place to come hang out. We're going to curate this night for you. We're doing this for you. We're going to give you a place to enjoy. And so much of that culture now of of like of streaming and of like, like stuff like Netflix. Like there's no feeling of here's this place. Right. Yeah. It's enjoy. Everything yeah. is niche now, and yeah. everyone can sort of find whatever it is they're looking for. Yeah, and so I've, I've always worried about, like, oh, gosh, are things going to... Is this going to go away? Like, this idea right. of having, like, a place to to come and enjoy and and, and also just, like, that it's it's an environment. Like, there's these... They're traveling through space, and this is why you're watching these shows, is they're through space, and it's sort of like, here's what's up on deck, and this is the... This is, the, this is what we've brought for you, and this is the call to action and the call, like... People need these shows. How are we going to help them out? And, right. And also, but not only that, like there's PSAs that run for, for I get it used to be just kids because it was for like it was more skewed towards kids, and now those kids have grown up, and this is a place for them to come as grown ups, and it'll be a speech about if you fall down seven times, get up eight, like an entire thing strung together with. Um, with clips from shows people are watching. And it just, it does give a lot of context to someone who's like, how do I navigate life? (laughs) I don't understand how to navigate life. And it's, uh, what's so cool about this new tsunami is that it's, it's basically telling adults, like, it's okay to not know how to navigate life. (laughs) And, and tsunami has evolved over the years, because I mean, they, it it hasn't always just been anime. Yeah, I think they were showing the GI Joe cartoon for a while. Yeah, I think like action. SWAT cats it's and an stuff. Block. Yeah, right. That's the and that's the point of it. And I think as long as because there will always be media that's harder to find mm-hmm. than other media, particularly easily. Because as much as you know, so many people have Netflix. Not everybody has Netflix. Not right. everybody has uh, what uh, crunchy. Not everybody has an internet connection. Most people do, but... Right. So, I mean, I I think there will always be a place, and as long as as Adult Swim is willing to let it evolve, I I, I think there's always a place for it. So, Mm -hmm. 
that's where we are with Toonami. That's where we are with mm-hmm. Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. What、uh, we got to wrap this thing up?、Oh、I would imagine. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! This is yeah, 100 episodes. Yes, 100.、Uh, that's right, episode 100. Uh, so, what aside from、uh, the eventual world dominance of the Dirty Dirty Con Con、yes. Game Game Show show, everyone, where we will have our tour of get ready tour of Russia coming up? Ooh, I think we'll go to Russia. It's gonna get cold.、Like、so we're gonna have to、That's、watch、okay. out for shrinkage. No、yeah. shrinkage, and and we'll have to reinforce our nipples.、Mm-hmm. But you know, we're gonna have、okay. to heat up all the dildars. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's something we can do. And heat think, seeking dildo is think, a great name for an album. Heat seeking dildo is excellent.、Mm-hmm. We'll have to.、Uh, the Russians will be very excited about our fancy American sex toys. <laughs> They won't have to use spoons anymore. Huh. Uh, What else? What if? What, what are you looking at? Five years from now? Ten years from now? For、um, four years from now? Whatever. No, I know. For what? I don't no, know. Like, for life? What do you? I mean, side projects. What are things、Gosh. you'd like to do? Who are people you'd like to work with? Side projects? I want to live in a forest. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I'm like I really just want to live in a forest. Keep going like, back to Far Cry. I love forests, <laughs> and this is like. Sometimes the older you get, the more you can kind of dig back through your life and figure things out. And I, I grew up next to these beautiful pine trees in my backyard before my parents got divorced. And like, there's not a lot of pines in Georgia, so when I see them, I get very excited. And、yeah. so I think that I'm like, well, I, you know, I want to go back to the beginning. I want to maybe this may be more twenty years. I don't know when, but whenever I see a pine tree, I get so fucking excited. But I want to live. In the middle of some pine trees, like in a yeah, in、That's、a treehouse future, treehouse、like, or like just a log like a cabin? cabin, like a cabin. I think、yeah? I think I want to cabin up. Yeah, like、oh, wow. ideally, like I love、um, like the Oregon coast. I think is totally awesome. But as it's like, whenever、I'm、now have you been about, there or is this? Oh no, I, yeah, I've been there. I、yeah? love it. I love it. I'm in love with it. I don't know how to like deny it. Where have you? Because you've traveled a lot. I travel a bit, yeah. And yes, I, you know, we totally do、yeah. need to wrap it up because、yeah. I don't want to dominate any more of your time、That's、tonight.、Okay. But what、uh, you you travel a lot? How do you deal with? Flying coast to coast because you're—I mean—you're going to like LA and stuff, I and that's no—that's、yeah. no. Hey, I'm gone for the day. Yeah, I'll be right back. So yeah, going out to LA is not not an easy hop, skip, and a jump, but you get used to it. And I think, like, I, I shoot a lot of commercials out there where I'm just sort of like something I've written, and I work with a director I really like, and we kind of just like balance off what would make it great. And sometimes the best thing to do is to go out to LA. Sometimes it's better to go to New York because maybe there's somebody you like in New York who can shoot it in a way you like, or sometimes there's somebody in Atlanta who can shoot it in a way you like. But a lot of times, what I need, it just it makes sense to shoot out there. Yeah.、Um, so traveling,、um, for me, like I'm, I love being in other cities, but I hate the aspect of packing. I hate packing and I hate changing my clothes. Are two things I hate. <laughs> And unpacking. We just need the one pair of jeans, like Jessica. I just need one pair of jeans, like Jessica. Like I feel like I plan it out, and then I get to packing, and I'm like, I start throwing stuff together. Like I'm like, I, pl- I planned this all out. Like I thought this would be great, and then I just start throwing it all together.、Um, but I also like I have to like plan out all my medications and right, right. All that stuff is really obnoxious, but it's like I love it. Like I love being in another city. But there's like there is when you think about traveling, it's not just like your time that you're flying there. It's the time that like 
you have to pack and you have to tell your friends, like, I can't come out because I'm packing. So then, like, you pack, you have to go to the airport, you get to the airport, you go online, you fly on the plane, okay, you're done flying, now you gotta go get your rental car, uh, get your rental car and then you gotta drive to where your hotel is, and then maybe you nap? Do you nap? Do you have time for a nap? I would have to nap. Yeah. I don't know what I'd have time for, but. Yeah, it's, it is like that, that whole process, like, the door-to-door experience, or like from the time, I'll say this, the suitcase-to-suitcase experience, from the time you open your suitcase in one city to start packing to the time you close your suitcase, get all the way to the other part of the city and like unpack, or part of the country and unpack, like that's like, it's a lot of time. Right. time to spend doing it, but... And, and it's time... You, I mean, uh, you got to find stuff to do. Yeah. Because you, you can't just sit there losing all of that time. Right. Right. Oh, like while you're flying. Right. You're doing stuff. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I typically wear headphones when I get into a car. Like if I'm taking Uber or something to the airport, like I'll get put on headphones because I'm like. Are you that you're that good with Uber? You're like, okay, I'm good with this. It's I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. So I'm taking some people are chatty, and you're like, oh, are you gonna give me a lower rating if I'm not chatty with you? Like. I used to start to worry. So sometimes I have the headphones on just as a symbol for like, you don't have to chat. Yeah. It's fine. We don't have to chat. Yeah. I'll chat with you. You really want to chat. We don't have to chat. Um, yeah. Like that's a good tip. And I wear a fanny pack. I wear a fanny pack in nice. general. Like, I mean, I don't know if you saw me. Like I, typically when I'm walking around at Dragon Con, I have a fanny pack on because it's easier to grab your phone. It's easier to grab everything. Sure, like, that's coming back. Our and... our niece uh, is a big fan of the fanny pack. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're you're yeah. 19 and you're wearing a fanny pack like a wrestler from 1988. Yeah. And also, I try not to make plans until I get there, which is terrible advice because I feel like my sometimes my shoots go away the day before. And then I have to go and cancel all those plans that I just made with somebody. Sometimes I have a habit of like, well, I'm here. What's going on? Like, <laughs> right. But what do you, I mean, you don't know what the travel is going to be like. Like, that's got to be a big part of the travel is like, have you gotten to a point where, because uh, with planes and, mm-hmm. and transportation and, and Uber or whatever the yeah. case may be, like that is, that's, those are big variables. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's. I have a I have this this app on my phone called Thirty Thirty, and it's like a it's a timer, and I have to use it. I use it like most mornings in general, but I have to use it especially when I have to go to the airport because I have to go like okay, you need about one hour and oh forty minutes before this thing happens. Like I have, oh. it's all logistics. Like and sometimes I'll have this countdown. But like fuck, I only have forty because you have like to get your. I always pack a bag so I don't deal with my liquids. So. Um, you have like forty five minutes to get your bag dropped off, and then and then that's you. It's only going to get on the plane if you get there in forty five minutes and get on the plane. So there's like I do have a lot of that stuff running in the back of my head, and sometimes people want to do stuff with you. Like as soon as you get off the plane, what if your plane's late? What oh if, my gosh! What if it's a lot of it's a lot of logistics? But that's typically why, like, if you're going somewhere for a shoot or for anything, like you get there the day before because if something's wrong with your plane, like, yeah, you can't time. count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's part of that. But it's exciting, and you get to go places yeah. and see people and experience different love, things all the time. Yeah, I do. I um I went to Arlington, Virginia, last year. They have a years. cemetery there. A huge cemetery. Yes. And I don't know how much I can say about it, but um, 
It's not the most scenic place to shoot a positive、um, message for careers that may or may not have to do with the army. Gotcha. Because there's death everywhere. Sure. And so if you're trying to be like, oh yeah, but no death, kind of hard to do at Arlington. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a bad location. Kind of hard to do there. That was a tough one. <laughs>、um, that was a, that was a hard pickle. That was a real hard pickle to eat. <laughs>、uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, as far as like personal travel, like I, I go, I guess because I'm just like, ah, let's go places. Like I,、um, Chris and I did Norway and Sweden and Finland. Two years ago, I know I'm very、It's、jealous of、so、your Viking to tour.、It's、so hard to top.、Um, you guys did something at the Shining Hotel. Oh yeah, at some point to, too, right? We did an Oregon trip.、Um, 2000. Oh, that's like one thing that、uh, like because I, I sort of travel a little differently from my own than when I'm with Chris and Chris and I like our we have our things and like one of our things is.、Um, Shooting locations, like we love going to shooting locations yeah, in different、yeah. cities. Like it's just this habit, and it, it like gives us a mission to like maybe see something we we wouldn't normally see. Yeah. So that's how I like I went I found Cannon Beach because when we were in Oregon, like we did this on Fourth of July, we did this whole day of like Goonies locations. I love Goonies. He couldn't. He hates Goonies. He couldn't give a shit. I I, But, I loved it when I was a kid.、Mm-hmm. Not. But beautiful,、so、beautiful、sure. shooting location. Sure, absolutely beautiful. No matter how you feel about it, like breathtaking. So, yeah, did that, and then did.、Um, uh, I think we. I can't remember how we did it. Like we extended the trip, we changed our Airbnb, but we stayed a night at the Shining Hotel. And the exterior is a Timberline Lodge. The interior is based on the Stanley in Colorado, which we haven't been to. But Timberline's super cool, even in the summer. Do they play up the shining thing at、oh, all? Or, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They have this axe at the front desk where, like, we thought, oh well, we can. There's a picture. There's the axe from the movie, and you think that's what it's going to be? No, it's an axe that says Red Rum. Oh. It's like a stupid prop. Cornball, fucking yeah. Terrible. Yeah. But yeah, we also went to the、uh, to Snoqualmie. There's this. I think it's Snoqualmie Lodge or the Salish Lodge in Snoqualmie, right over Snoqualmie Falls, which is the Twin Peaks Lodge. Oh, nice. And that's that's exterior. For like what's in like if you see like the two falls coming together and that's like at the top of that like I think it's also the exterior of the Great Northern is the Salish Lodge. Well, what what I want to do,、mm-hmm. uh, I want I want to say I just watched I watched The Shining probably like twice a year if not、mm-hmm. more. I fucking love that movie. I believe five years from now, it's a great Father's Day movie. It sure is. We watched it on Father's Day. It's a really great Father's Day movie. I think it's five years from now. Is will be the 100th anniversary of the party, the New Year's Eve party. What? No, the Fourth of July party. Oh my gosh! The movie. Yeah. I want to go stay in the hotel for、ah. July Fourth weekend for that. I think there's more of a cult at the Stanley. Is that what? It, well, and、yeah. that's the thing is I, that would be the one to go to. As soon as you said the one that's the interior, I was like, oh wait, that's right. I think that is because、mm-hmm. the and I wonder how I wonder how much the interior is the same because I want、yeah. a suit made of the carpet from room two thirty two thirty seven. There's that carpet is.、Oh, well, and it's green and purple. It's my fucking colors. Yeah, I yeah. need a suit made of that. You can get it. You can. Get All right. It. 
We gotta let you go. Oh my god! I can't keep you here any longer. Okay, that's it would become a kidnapping situation. It's totally fine. Slumber party. Yeah, there you go. We'll, <laughs> we'll make marshmallows and cocoa or something. Uh, Dana, thank you so hey, much for coming out to the place. Yeah, and uh, we will be bringing the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show okay. show. Back to Dragon Con for sure. We sure will. This year. Maybe one other location if we can make it work. It's possible. We're, <laughs> we're awfully offensive, though, apparently. We're too offensive for our <laughs> People don't like us. Uh, where can we find you? Your Twitter is very popular. Oh, thank people you. People like your Twitter. Where yeah. can we find you online? You can find me. Uh, my twits is at Dana, D-A-N-A, is a girl, I-S-A-G-I-R-L. Um, I'm also on Instagram as at Mitz, ooh, at Miss Lady Flex. Um, those are my two main hubs. That's, yeah, that's like, I think it's probably the stuff I keep up with most. I, sometimes I update my Vimeo. I don't know. Vimeo's stingy though. There, yeah. They're like, you get eight minutes this month. Oh. They're, they're, well, that's how they do me. I'm yeah. sure you don't. I gotta, I gotta check it out. With yeah. your, with your, I love you pages. <laughs> Dana, thank you for being thank on. You. That was great. It was super fun. What a lovely lady and a great conversation. You guys should be jealous because you, you would want to be in on the planning sessions for the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. Some of the best times that I have. All right, speaking of good times, remember to check out Summoner 4 on SoundCloud, YouTube, everywhere you can find your finer music selections. Go to Lysexoflex.com. Check out all of Dana's work with Lysexoflex. And tune in to Toonami on Adult Swim to hear Dana 3, Dana 3.0, goober, to hear Sarah 3.0, voiced by Dana Go to patreon.com slash phantom troublemaker and help the show out. $1 to $30 or more. It's your call. Uh, check it out. And, and also, you know what? I want your input. Send me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. Go to the Needless Things podcast Facebook page. Let me know what you think about the rewards. Let me know if there's different stuff you'd like to see. Let me know what you think of the value of what you're getting. I'm flexible on this stuff. I'm, I am looking to entertain and provide content for you guys. That's my whole goal here. So let me know what you want from the podcast, from needlessthingsite.com, from the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. What do you want to see? What do you want to see from panels, toy stories? Future toy stories are going to happen. Uh, just, let me know, you guys. I want to hear from you because I love doing this stuff. I want to do more. I would love to devote my life to just doing this. And, yes, it's unrealistic, but you know what? Reality is not a whole lot of fun. I think it's much better to keep your eyes to the sky and keep dreaming of the stars. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.